0: Whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. It said, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and, I come, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places (coughs) where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. The very words of our Lord.
1: Thanks, Anne, and thanks, Terry, for the children's message on prayer. Our text uh, is the beautiful words of Jeremiah 29. We, we probably are, are familiar with verse 11. That's common. Uh, this is that common verse. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And then verse 12 is, is prayer. The focus moves into prayer. And in our text, verse 13, uh, you will seek me. And that's, that's prayerfully. And uh, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. So a real focus on calling on our God in prayer. Congregation of Jesus Christ, uh, I'm not sure if you noticed this morning outside the church. We have the little library, and I added something to it. Did you see it as you came in? If you came in the back, you didn't see it. If you look out the front, I added a little prayer box little box with a, just the word prayer box on it, just beside the library. It has a paper, it has pens, it just pencils on the side. and people can write a prayer concern and drop it in the box and then I can take the requests and, and we as a church and we can pray for the people in our community. When I put up that little library a a number of months ago, I I thought, too, it's a nice idea and it has been a beautiful ministry. It has been the word going out. Many people have have taken books, all the books in there, most of the books, all the books we put in there are are Christian. (laughs) There gets some others in there sometimes that aren't as focused, but we keep an eye on it. But, but the ministry of the books going out has been very nice, and people have appreciated that. But how can we also just reach into their hearts and lives? And the area of prayer is something. In one of the Christian publications that came across my desk, there was an article about a prayer box. A person had put out a box uh, and, and had to, just, just that people could be ministered to through prayer. Now, the person who started that well, a year, year and a half ago was Angela uh, Tommy, and uh, I'll let her introduce to you uh, kind of her vision and how it went. She started in Hawaii, and, and she, she had a, a sense that God wanted her to, to offer a place where people could bring requests for prayer, because she says, too, everyone needs prayer, But not everyone will walk into a church to receive it. And so that's how the prayer box idea began. And we have just a little clip of her explaining what she's doing.
2: Vision, I saw a prayer box on a mountaintop. And um, honestly, I don't even know why I put it at the top of Cocoa Head because this is always a, a tough one for me. She says along with that vision came a message from above. I heard him say very clear to me, Angela, everybody needs prayer, but not everyone's willing to walk into a church to receive it. And so Angela brought
3: the church to the mountain. It's in the form of her grandpa's old toolbox, transformed into a prayer box.
2: I didn't tell anyone about it, because even in my own mind, I was like, it's kind of crazy. Hiked up here, put the box there, and just left it. And I didn't know what would would come.
3: In the years since, each and every week, this is what she finds
2: it fills my heart. It feels like Christmas.
3: Dozens of messages
2: left by people from around the world. When paper runs out, um, it's, it's written on bottle wrappers, band-aids, um, hotel stationery. We've gotten almost anything and everything.
3: The messages also contain almost anything
2: and everything, but one wish appears most. The most common prayer has been happiness. That people, um, that they find happiness.
3: ON THIS DAY, A MESSAGE FROM A HUSBAND TO HIS LATE WIFE ON A SCRAP OF CARDBOARD.
2: DINA, I LOVE YOU AND MISS YOU. THE KIDS ARE OKAY. LOVE JOHN. Um, YEAH, IT'S ALWAYS MOVING. I FEEL LIKE A LOT OF PEOPLE WRITE PRAYERS TO um, PEOPLE THEY LOVE THAT THEY'VE LOST. IT IS A BIG RESPONSIBILITY. Um, I FEEL INCREDIBLY FORTUNATE AND I FEEL FORTUNATE THAT WE GET TO READ THIS AND WE GET TO PRAY you know, OVER JOHN AND HIS FAMILY.
3: BECAUSE THAT'S WHAT COMES NEXT. ANGELA PACKS UP THE PRAYERS AND BRINGS THEM HOME. AND WITH FRIENDS AROUND A TABLE, THEY BEGIN TO
2: SHARE. THIS IS FORGIVENESS FROM MY PARENTS. OOH, THAT'S A GOOD ONE. DEAR GOD, PLEASE HELP ME AND GIVE ME STRENGTH. FOR EVERYONE WHO HAS NO ONE TO PRAY FOR THEM, FOR GOOD HEALTH AND love. For college admissions, for my familia, love Vanessa.
3: I pray that yeah. Hawaii always remains as pure and as beautiful as it is now. I pray that people learn not to
2: take advantage of its beauty.
3: My prayer is that my uncle Graham gets better.
2: son says, please help me get pregnant and have a healthy baby. I love your baby one healthy baby. they want a boy.
3: The prayers can be powerful.
2: May my grandpa stop suffering and my grandma keep calm.
3: Please let my marine come
2: home safely. Every time. Lord, we just lift up um, this prayer request to you, just asking Father that all the Marines and people that are serving our country just come home safely. I just pray for whoever um, wrote down this prayer, Lord. That Even you in prayer have... come the light moments. Why, why are you laughing? about lantern need one chick. Please help my mom find the right man. And help my husband to get the job he wants <laughs> most. Amen. Amen.
3: The group's goal to amplify those prayers with an even bigger voice. Amen. Amen.
2: Such an honor and it's such a privilege to be able to
1: to intercede for these people. So that's that's how it began. That she she simply and she put the box it was if you've ever been to Oahu, there is that, that mountain you can go up. And, and the box is on top. And people, people come and, and they, they, they call out to God. And it's just a way that they can connect other than, yeah, they hesitate to enter a church, to bring their requests in other ways. And so within a, a, a culture that we live in too, it's really quite something to to offer the gift of prayer to people. So one of her visions, one of her, her thoughts was to to have this go out through the United States. And, and I don't know where other prayer boxes are, but I thought I would put one up here. And so I, I put it up here on Monday. And uh, we are not in as central a location. Like people go there regularly but we've had two requests so far the first one is uh, help the sickness to go away so someone who's experiencing illness who is not yeah perhaps tied to a church or that we would pray for that and then one be with the people that are starving in this world and so just the needs of others so people respond to the offer of prayer knowing that it has an effect. And Angela quotes as Jeremiah 29, verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. A wonderful verse bringing out that desire, that that. that Knowledge that, yeah, we, we would want to know that God is with us and is helping us. And how can, we, how can we engage the God who is out there? And prayer is that way. So the context of, of the verse, Jeremiah 29, verse 13, is prayer, is seeking and finding God. And, and Jeremiah in chapter 29, is instructing God's people to pray in their circumstances. What is their need? What is their concern? In Jeremiah 29, God's people are in a very difficult circumstance, a difficult time for them. A large group of the leaders of Israel, you see it in verse 2 of chapter 29, The king the queen mother the court officials the leaders the artisans the skilled workers they have all been taken into exile by king nebuchadnezzar into babylon and this is what he did as a conquering uh, as he established his empire king nebuchadnezzar would conquer countries conquer uh, peoples and then he would take the leaders he would round them all up and he would take them back to babylon and then he would put in place others, yeah, who were less experienced, less knowledgeable. And, and the country would have to manage with those people. And, and they would be easier to rule over from Babylon. And then all of the skilled people would go back to Babylon and would be put to work for the king. And we have the story of Daniel, of course. Being placed in the service of the king, the brightest and the best. But those left behind were struggling, and those who were taken into exile were also struggling. What is God doing? When will God bring us back? And so here in Jeremiah 29, they receive an answer. Jeremiah is in Jerusalem, and he writes this letters to the exile, and it's a letter of encouragement. The people in exile in general their attitude, their experience, is summed up in Psalm 137. Psalm 137 says this. We read our prayer from Psalm 136 at the beginning of the service. Psalm 137 says, By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion, Jerusalem. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs, Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord in a foreign land? So these are the people that Jeremiah is writing to. He wants to encourage them. He wants to help them. And so he sends them this letter. It's a very challenging letter because what it says, it says, Uh, they they are hoping, they are thinking, they are praying that they will be rescued quickly. But that's not what's going to happen. And the letter makes it clear. Jeremiah 29, verse 10. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed, that's a long time. And so they need to recognize that. And the letter explains in verses 4 and 5 that they need to build houses. They need to marry and, and have families and increase in number. There's going to be a long time where they are in captivity. In a way, knowing that is a comfort. So when Jeremiah explains that to people, then, then all of a sudden their perspective changes a little bit from, I'm in trouble, Lord, help me right now, to more of a sense to, yes, there's struggles. But Lord, in your time, in your will, unfold your will for me. And so, so to know it will be time, God will be working through this time, is a bit of a comfort. And for us in our lives, well, too, sometimes we, we need to just be reminded, too, that we have to wait on the Lord. And it's hard for us to do that. But that's also part of prayer, that you, you prayerfully wait on the Lord. So that's the that's context here of, of Jeremiah's words. And then, very surprising, nowhere else uh, would you expect this. Jeremiah adds a call for prayer, verse 7. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you in. Pray to the Lord for it. Well, no! Why would I do that? These people are tormenting me. I am far from the land, from Jerusalem. And there's an echo here, Psalm 122, verse 6. The the specific uh, request here in Jeremiah 29 is pray for the peace of Babylon. But the people have been told, Psalm 122, verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's what we need to pray for. But here Jeremiah is saying, pray for the peace of Babylon. What is he saying? What is he calling us to do? Pray for them. It falls in line with the biblical truth that Jesus brings out in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, verse 44. Jesus is speaking about all kinds of things in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, verse 44, he says, Love your enemies... And pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for those who persecute you. Psalm 137, who torment you. And even here, pray to the Lord for Babylon, for its peace, for its prosperity. We are called to pray. What does that do? What does that... That do for us and and for the world. How does that work in and through us? A few weeks ago, we had here in town the mayor's prayer breakfast. We gathered together as leaders of the town of city, and and we prayed. In that gathering, uh, to about one hundred and twenty-five people, quite a variety there. Our mayor is a Christian man, and he joined in the prayer. We give thanks for that. He stood and offered to prayer for those in our city. Many at the breakfast are not Christian. And they could take it or leave it. Pray for us, don't pray for us. What does it matter? Who cares? They have little use for church and faith. What did we do? We prayed for them. And what does that do? That that reminds us that despite their approach, their attitude, their lack of faith, God is working above and beyond and through what they are doing. So we, we see God at work first and foremost. And we call on God to work His will, even in those who do not recognize and acknowledge His presence and power. The same flows into our our prayers this morning. We're going to pray for our province and our country. We are not a Christian province. We are not a Christian country. We are being attacked as Christians for our stand in education. Bill 10. Much uncertainty. We we are being challenged on the federal side with, with euthanasia laws. Let's just have people killed. We are not in a Christian land anymore. And what do we do? We are called to pray. And what does what does our prayer do? It's truly comforting to give us the perspective that in an evil world, in a broken world, God is still at work. God is still the powerful center of our hope and trust. And we believe that he continues to work as we pray that his will would be done. So that's, that's the call to prayer. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, a humble prayer. That famous verse, God's plan. God's plan will unfold. We trust in his saving work, and we definitely have that assurance. Nothing is beyond our God's care and his control. Verses 12 and 13 of Jeremiah 29 as well. Continuing to pray, calling upon God that God will listen And God will respond in his time and in his way. And it gives us a wonderful assurance that that we find God, we find Jesus at work, we find his presence and power in our day and in our lives. When we look to him, when we seek him, our Lord is working. And in the time of Jeremiah and in our time too, we see it in many ways, Even, even in the uncertain times there is more opportunity to speak out into people's lives with the truth of the gospel. So that's the call to prayer that Jeremiah is giving. Ties into our series even in terms of of Jesus in this time of Lent, making Jesus greater, is, is to bring our concerns to Jesus in prayer makes him greater. All our prayers end in Jesus' name because he has the power. He has the authority. Our trust is in him. So as we pray too, we make Jesus greater. And our prayer is not to tell our God how big our problems are, but our prayer is to have, as we see our struggles, see how big God is. And that's the comfort and the assurance that we want to receive and also give to others who have struggles. Today, uh, in our classes, Classes Alberta North, there are actually uh, two churches who who are doing a prayer summit. One is in Trinity in Edmonton and locally here at Wolf Creek, and they are going to be praying all day. We are part of that, that praying church. They, they appreciate, too, that we have prayer time here this morning, and our focus is on prayer. They are going to continue this afternoon. So after lunch, if you would like to join, you can. Just They go till about 3 o'clock at Wolf Creek, continuing to pray for the things that are before us. But here we are going to pray this morning for our world, Uh, for our nation, Canada, uh, for our church and the work that we do. And we're going to do that in obedience to God's word as we find it here in Jeremiah 29. We're going to pray that God will work his will and build his kingdom in this world and in our lives, make himself known and give us the opportunity to share the gospel, especially in these times. We're going to make our Lord greater. And we're going to seek to fulfill the words of Luke 19, verse 46. In Luke 19, verse 46, Jesus says, My house will be a house of prayer. That's the center. We want to continue to be that center as a church and in our community. Amen. We're going to